Hey guys, welcome back. If you're listening right now, you've made it to episode two. What a week it's been. Um, to be honest with you guys, we've been very overwhelmed by all the positive responses to our very janky first episode. So thank you all for writing through our very turbulent sound issues. We appreciate you guys. But you know what? I reckon awkward sound issues are just reflective of our awkward brown girl vibes. So it is what it is. Hopefully this week is better. Um, but actually, we really wanted to take some time to properly contextualize our podcast and what the term awkward brown girl really means to us. And we also want to make it very clear that we're not using the title or the term brown or that sort of narrative to define our podcast or define ourselves as some super oppressed, marginalized group in society, because that's just not true from our own personal experiences. You know, we definitely want to recognize that we hold this position of privilege as brown people. And I think it's definitely important to acknowledge that, um, particularly in the moment that we're in. And of course, we'll get into this more in a future episode. But yeah, guys, we're really just here to laugh. We're here for a good time, not a long time. We just want to reflect on our experiences in this awkward dual identity. So, you know. Life is good over here. Yep. Shout out to Drake and Future. Um, Lori Harvey. To Lori Harvey goals. We're just here to shed some light for you guys from our perspective. And we just, we don't want to um, come across like we're speaking on behalf of anyone else either. Yeah. And like, look, we hope that that comes across in our podcast. Um, and, you know, we want to talk about all sorts of things, sometimes more lighthearted, you know, sometimes a bit more serious, but um, we want to make sure that, you know, it's, we also emphasize that we don't claim to be experts in any topic that we're here to, you know, chat about. And we're not here to set the universal standard of what it means to be brown. And this is part of the reason why we put the, um, the term awkward in front of um, the title. Um, so it sort of explains that and we hope that it comes, you know, you can get a bit more of an understanding after listening to this episode. Um, so I know in our last episode, we chatted about our different backgrounds. So my, me, myself, I come from a Middle Eastern background. Um, my background is Egyptian. And when we were thinking of the name for this episode, Neha, we, remember we had a lot of like back and forth about um, what... Six months worth of back and forth, which is why we're only recording this in June. <laughs> it's, yeah, we weren't really sure really what sort of, you know, what we wanted to call ourselves, but we kept coming back to the term brown. Um, when we were going through these names and I was talking to friends or family that were Egyptian or that weren't, a lot of people questioned whether I was really a brown person. Um, and <laughs> it's... Shout out to my mum. <laughs> shout out to our mums. I am obviously, if you know me, I'm quite fair for Egyptians. Some of my siblings are a lot darker than I am um, in terms of complexion. Um, but Egypt in its own way has its own sort of tensions about colorism um, and whether, I, you know, am I Egyptian? Am I Middle Eastern? Is Middle Eastern not brown? Is, am I North African? You know, there's so many different titles and depending who you are, where you grew up with, whether you grew up in Egypt or you grew up in a Western world, people identify themselves as differently. Um, and when I was doing some Googling about, you know, are Egyptians seen as brown? There are actually so many articles out there about it and that discuss this issue, but mostly about the, the colorism because Egyptians, like many cultures, as Neha can speak on Indians, mm -hmm. they don't really want to associate with the term brown. Um, but for me, in terms of my experiences and a lot that I share with Neha, brown is sort of that commonality. Um, 
but this is my personal experience. I don't speak for every Egyptian. Um, I think we're probably more commonly labeled as Arabs or Muslims or Christians or whatever our religion is. And I think the media has a lot of negative connotations with Arabs. Um, we're not really referred to as brown. Are we brown? Is that the term? Is that the right term? I'm not sure, but this is just in terms of our context of our podcast. So I'm sure we can get into it more in another episode. Um, but you know, just as Walid Ali and Nazim Hussein get confused all the time <laughs> on the project, even though one's Egyptian and one's Sri Lankan, um, brown in Australia sometimes is just one blurry, one size fits all. So that's sort of what our terms come from. Um, yeah, it's interesting you say that because, you know, you were talking about how with your family, you know, your brother, for example, is like, Max, are you even really brown? And it's funny because when I was telling some of my friends and even my family that we were doing this podcast and, you know, what the title was going to be with the awkward brown girl situation, even my mom was like, um, I don't think Maxine's brown. And I was just like, well, and she's like, and I was like, well, would you say other members of her family would be constituted as brown? She's like, yeah, definitely. And I'm like, well, Maxine belongs to the same family. Like, we're not talking about complexion here. We're talking about an identity more than we're talking about a complexion. So we want to really make that clear and I think um, what's interesting about this is I guess the default assumption for brown is definitely like Indian, Sri Lankans, Pakistanis or just the sort of South Asian collective and I don't think anyone's ever questioned am I brown am I not I think you can tell clearly by looking at me and other South Asian people you know obviously we're a spectrum of brown right from like the lightest you can get to the darkest you can get but nevertheless, I think the default assumption is definitely South Asian equals brown. But I think um, when I was thinking about it personally, when, and when people like, oh, would Maxine constitute as brown? I'm like, well, how do people, or how does the Western world kind of categorize race and ethnicity? And it's really essentially black, white, Asian, Hispanic, um, and kind of those are the large, you know, Pacific Islander, Asian Pacific Islander, those are the largest categories. And I was like, we were just me and you were just going back and forth mm. and we're like well the one that you would probably feel like you ex you know share the most common experience with would be brown like you know what else would it be but then i think as you were mentioning before it kind of feeds into the sort of geographic location of egypt and be that being in north africa and we'll definitely get into that in a later episode mm. but yeah here yeah. we are, brown girls. <laughs> so that's really where the awkward comes from, more so than the fact that we are just super weird people. <laughs> um, <laughs> the awkwardness of brown and that title. So that's why we've called ourselves awkward brown girls um, because we don't, it is that awkward identity, um, but it also, we use it as a shared commonality in terms of how we're describing our experiences through this, you know, lighthearted lens that we're trying to, um, you know, sort of figure out life through. Um, so that's where the term awkward comes from. Um, it's just, to, to, you know, really highlight the difficulty in defining our races in this Western country. Is it because of how we see ourselves as brown or is it more because that's how everyone else sees us? Um, but also, um, you know, we are just, we are one image of our complete, you know, of our country. So there's so many different um, shades of brown. And obviously, you know, I've probably said on the fairer side. So, my experiences could be vastly different to someone of a darker complexion. Colorism definitely has a part to play. We're definitely going to get into that um, as we go further along in this podcast. And I think that's, you know, that's a really good point because I'm also thinking part of the reason that we wanted to do this podcast is also show that brown people are not monolithic at all. Like yeah. 
we bring two perspectives to the table and yes, we have a lot in common, but you know, we also have differences um, as well. And you'll see that as we go through this podcast. And I think like, and Max, I reckon you agree with this, the brown stories that are in the mainstream can like the amount of brown stories that are in the mainstream media can probably be counted on one hand if even, and, and on top of that, this is just an American perspective. What are the brown stories that are really highlighted in mainstream media um, or in Australia itself? Mm. Yeah. And look, that's why we kind of always gravitate to whenever there's a, we would say a brown type of show, like we loved Master of None, Aziz Ansari's show. Um, it that's was a I ever as well. <laughs> or like Rami was a great yeah. show. Um, even movies like Never Have I Ever, if you've watched that on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> constantly like refer to it because but it's here to that last episode shout out to you i feel like never have i ever was neha's childhood she wasn't cool like that chick. <laughs> legit and wasn't isn't it funny because um wasn't your fiance also saying when he was watching it it reminded him of like all of us me you and our other friends and i don't think that was so much of a compliment as much <laughs> she was like super weird <laughs> Um, yeah, and, you know, we can also understand that our views and thoughts are only one facet of the brown identity, and Max, I think you touched on this as well, um, and we love the po- lo- love all the podcasts that are out there, and there are so many ones out there by women, by men, and, you know, of people of different races, um, but when we looked, we and maybe we weren't looking hard enough, so call us out if we weren't, but we felt like we couldn't really find a podcast that represents our collective, like, brown girl experiences, um, so, you know, that's what we're doing. We're just taking you through our li- lived experiences. So, yeah. And I mean, look, we talk like we're like some super aged people full of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> we're still young. We're still trying to live at our youth. But um, I think that we're sort of at that age now where we can look back on our teens or our childhood and sort of realize, oh, maybe I was a bit mean to my mum that day. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's really what it's about. But, yeah, this is just something quick. We just wanted to really flag that because I think um, it's important that you guys know really where our title came from. Um, and mm-hmm. we'd definitely love to hear from anyone. You know that we now have an Instagram page at Awkward Brown Girls. We finally created it. Send us a DM because we'd love to know more about how you define yourself. You know, you might be Egyptian or, you know, another background. And do you feel that you've got sort of, a sense of identity in that or do you not use the term brown I don't really refer to myself how I am a brown person but in this mm-hmm. collective sense I think that we can yeah. come together but also shout out to so many other races um mm-hmm. you know whether you're so you know Asians Johnny, or, or European and you still find commonality in what we're talking about because you know anyone who's a migrant or child of a migrant in a western world probably could feel what we're feeling for real Okay, before we get out of here, um, I know we've said the word brown a thousand times here, and <laughs> as much as we're championing, we can do it after this. Yeah, as much as we're championing our whole brown identity, and to be clear, we are. Okay, we have to be honest. We both like to indulge in some Caucasian shit. It ju- it is what it is, and we have you know some sometimes these Caucasian activities and trends appeal to us. So, can we do a little Caucasian confession segment? Um, kind of also elaborate- hold up. No disrespect to Caucasians. It's just that when we do things, I think every brownish type person would know that there's an activity or there's a hobby that you like that they're like, damn, that's so white. 
you know. And look, and we have plenty of those white indulgences. So I'm going to start with you. What's your Caucasian indulgence? I think one thing that I always cop crap for. I know what you're about to say. <laughs> particularly from Meha is um, that I like to go camping. <laughs> Actually, Max, where are you going directly after we record this episode? And why do we have to record this episode so early in the morning? I'm going camping. Look, it's only like a recent sort of thing in the past few years, but I think for particularly brown people or people that are like second generation migrants, like their parents came and they worked so hard now their kids as a hobby like to go and set up a tent in the middle of the bush it just doesn't make sense to so many brown people and also because they're like it's so dirty but um i think there's a few comedians that have done like segments on camping how ridiculous it is to a brown person it's just not seen as a fun activity however i'm here to break that mold i know a lot of brown people that are down for this um, it's really funny because I think you know this as well. My brother indulges in this very Caucasian activity too. And when I came <laughs> in December, if you remember, he was going camping with some of his friends and he was packing the food and me and mom were just staring at him in horror. Like he was planning to eat um, baked beans and like plain Doritos for days, you know, for like five days as like a fun thing. Like he was intentionally trying to do that. And I remember mom sneaking the chili pepper flakes into his bag and like the oregano seasonings and all these things to make sure, you know, like he can't be eating food with no seasoning. Oh, and his- Neha, you know, the first time we met is because we were camping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But how traumatized was I? How much did I hate that experience? We'll talk about that. That um, was so cool camp. And then his friends came over and they were like, why are you packing all these like chili pe- What is the necessity and what is the reason for all these things? And me and my mom were trying to explain how essential like seasoning is to us. And like, if my brother takes nothing else, it has to be the chili pepper flakes so he can at least eat well for these like five days that he's away. <laughs> but, you know, shout out to you. I see you be eating those gourmet meals when you go camping though. You know I what? Say- I will agree i used to think camping was like some bogan as shit like <laughs> i was like are they eating like bucket lunch remember what we used to have at school <laughs> i actually love bucket lunch that's my caucasian confession but uh, shout out to my friends that go camping shout out to crystal because <laughs> <laughs> you know what we've learned that it's actually you can get the right equipment the right food and things like that and it's actually like bougie af okay well, I say, maybe not bougie but <laughs> it's not so bad anyway enough about me Neha, tell them what your deepest, darkest secret is that you love. I'm too embarrassed. And you, I was trying to stay on the te- camping topic. I'm you you know what I'm saying. So I could procrastinate on mine. I think we all know back in the day, I can't even lie, I still enjoy Green Day. <laughs> the, I don't know what they are, punk emo, whatever they are. But you know this, you give me as much shit for it as I give you for camping. But okay. Even more than Green Day, I have to say, um, you know, everyone has different tastes and like men and whatever it might be. And that's that. And I have to say, um, there's definitely the occasional white bay that really tickles my fancy. And I'm really embarrassed to admit this. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. This is the first time you're hearing it. And I never admit this. But have you seen you by any chance? Yes, the guy from Gossip Girl. I know who you're going to say. Oh, my God. Ken Badgley? Yeah. White Bay, that's what I call him. Yeah, you know why? We always like stalk so him. Well? Yeah, he's so cute, but it's also because he's so woke. 
is. But also, I was kind of disturbed because I never found him hot in Gossip Girl. Why did I find him hot after watching you? Like, Yeah, that's what's creepy. Did you feel the same way? Did you ever watch Gossip Girl? No, I thought he was cute in Gossip Girl, but he was also super annoying as a character, so I think... And he's an, he's obviously creepy as hell in you, but I don't know. Maybe I have some issues or something, but yeah. Shout out to Woke White Bay. Yeah, look, you know what? Like, there's... In terms of, like, if we're going to talk about white actors, my siblings always give me crap because I just like really weird... Like, I, I have, like, these weird movies that I love. Like, obviously, everyone loves rom-coms, but, like, anything with, like... Kate Hudson. <laughs> like those super bad rom-coms are like my favorite things to watch. And like, I don't know why I just get really into them. And like, I get really emotional watching them, but I know that see Neha comes out and makes herself out to be this like gangster only listens to hardcore rap music. But now we've already uncovered. Firstly, she's into green day. The second thing is she acts like she reads or she used to read when she was at school, like some deep books. <laughs> However, when we're in school, <laughs> she used to make me go to the library at school and hide out on her on my own behalf for her. Um, these like princess books. <laughs> so this is like not year six. This is year twelve. <laughs> yeah, I can't even be like, yeah, I was eleven, and I was like, Max, hire out these princess diaries books or whatever. She like, out maxed out how many books she could borrow, so she has to like go and borrow them for her. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was just, I think I was just looking for an escape into a world that was not my reality because all these young white, because I was reading these like princess books about like girls who were like 11, 12, 13, 14 talking about going away with their boyfriends. I was obviously not allowed to have a boyfriend, so maybe it was just my white escape fantasy world <laughs> but, but anyway, okay, expose me i'm gonna expose you who is one of your favorite artists and singers and don't lie who oh you know <laughs> i don't even i talk about this with my sister all the time miley cyrus has a killer voice <laughs> don't get me wrong when she went on that like weird tangent and she was like grinding on all these things and whatever yeah like but look, her voice is like, it's so husky and it's just so unique. But like, I wouldn't like go to a Miley Cyrus concert. Hell no. That crowd is not my type. I don't know. Like, and I don't think go to a Green Day concert either. It's just an indulgence. But also, is it a problem? The fact that we see these as white things, like there should be our things too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can see why people give us shit for it. But you know what? It is what it is. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, guys. Um, thanks for listening to this um, really brief episode. We hope we, you know, gave you a bit more understanding of where we're coming from and what our podcast is sort of aimed at. Um, but we're also here for, you know, just some laughs and to share stories. Yeah, agreed. Thank you, everyone, for making it this far, if you have. Um, shout out to hopefully more than two people listening to us right now, aka more than just our mums. Um, we really appreciate you and hope this has contextualised our podcast for you. So until next time, bye, Max. Have fun camping. Peace out. Follow us at Awkward Brown Girls. On Insta. More platforms soon. Bye.